RetroSeasons.com for more sports history. The Los Angeles Dodgers faced the Baltimore Orioles at Memorial Stadium in Baltimore for Game 3 of the 1966 World Series on October 8th. The Orioles lead the best-of-seven series two games to none, and this is the NBC national broadcast of Game 3, featuring announcers Bob Prince and Vin Scully. Now the leadoff man is Captain Maury Wills, who is looking for his first hit in the series. Followed by the first baseman and the young switch hitter, Wes Parker, who is two for six in the series. In the third spot, the man who gets a roar from Baltimore, Willie Davis, and the man, I believe, to whom most people's hearts went out after the rather unfortunate thing as far as he was concerned in Dodger Stadium. In the cleanup spot for the Dodgers, Ron Fairley, who is 0 for 4. Batting fifth, another member of his switch hitting infield, Jimmy Lefevre. You remember last year, Lefevre hurt his heel in the third game of the series and was sidelined for the remainder of the series. And here he is now in the third game, so he's made it that far this year. The left fielder, Lou Johnson, who has one hit in seven trips. He's the spark plug and the chatter man in the starting lineup. The catcher is at the opposite poles of Lou Johnson. He is called Gabby because he is the quiet man, Johnny Roseboro. Batting eighth and third. Jim Gilliam, after playing the first two games, will stay on the bench. And Kennedy now will have a chance to play. And warming up directly in front of us, left-hander Claude Osteen. The Dodgers looked to Osteen last year after they had lost two in a row in Minnesota, and he won. And they look to him again here in Baltimore. And the remainder of the Dodgers squad, plus the coaches now, lining up on the first base foul line as they come out in their traveling road gray and royal blue. Now the American League champion Baltimore Orioles. Spearheaded by the great Yankee and now the pride of Baltimore, manager Hank Bauer. Now the Oriole lineup, the starting lineup, will form from third base towards home plate with the leadoff man and shortstop, Luis Aparicio, getting a standing ovation. Aparicio, two for ten in the series. The left fielder, Kurt Bleffery, born in Brooklyn, and he has played the Dodgers in Los Angeles and now hitting second in the lineup. The right fielder, the great Frank Robinson. Robbie, three for eight in the series, including a home run. The third baseman, Brooks Robinson, two for nine, including a home run. The huge first baseman, the left-hand hitting Johnny Boone Powell, three for eight in the series. A little bit of a surprise because he is not considered the big hitter, but he has more hits in the series than anybody else. The scrappy second baseman, Dave Johnson. He has four for eight. The center fielder who goes against left-handers and finishes up defensively against right-handers, Paul Blair. 0 for 3, hitting seven. The kid from La Puente, California. Not too far from Los Angeles, Andy Etchebarren, who has done a tremendous job filling in for the injured Dick Brown. 
And warming up just to our left is Charlie Lau, right-hander, 10-game winner in the American League, Wally Bunker. And now the remainder of the Baltimore Orioles squad, plus their coaches, will pour out of the dugout onto the third base foul line, a magnificent picture it makes here in Memorial Stadium in Baltimore. We'll be back with more pre-game color from Memorial Stadium on the third game of the 1966 World Series after a word from someone in the bullpen. We're here in the left field bullpen talking to that ace fireballer, Chuck and Doug Brown. Chuck, it says here that you have an ERA of 383. That's your earned run average, right? Wrong. Actually, ERA stands for Extremely Rapid Automobile. You see, on a hot August afternoon when you walked in the winning run of a top of the ninth, you just don't like to hang around and talk to the fans. So that's why I bought a 67 Dodge Polaro 500 with a 383 cubic inch V8 and that new Polaro control panel. I can work the toggle switches with my glove on. And Polaris bucket seats are great, especially for a bench warmer like myself. And it's big. Is it big? And Chuck, I understand that you can also lay down a sacrifice when called upon. Actually, it's no sacrifice to buy a Dodge Polaro 500. Most of the things I want are standard equipment. And the price was less than I had been paying. Chuck, would you mind if we stayed around to watch you warm up? Oh, not at all, lady. In fact, I was just about to do it right now. City of Baltimore, where Francis Scott Key, during, during the shelling of Baltimore, penned those immortal words, our national anthem, we are about set for game three. Before we get it underway, we pause ten seconds for station identification. This is KCRA, KCRA FM, your world series station for the valley in Sacramento. The umpires are now taking their position, and we'll very briefly give you some of the ground measurements here at Memorial Stadium in Baltimore. 309 feet down both lines, ground measurement, 410 straight out. It's 360 in right center and left center. There are bleachers, which uh, we'll fill you in about and tell you more about it. There will be some uh, delay, perhaps, on balls hit down the right field line from our broadcasting position. Due to the 
ground rules and the book rules that are involved, we'll get into it later, but we'll have to naturally depend a lot on the umpire down there on the right field line as to just what uh, is going on with the baseball once it gets out of our sight. It's a 14-foot concrete wall for the target to get up over there in the home run and a 7-foot wire fence, which is on the inside of the circumference of Memorial Stadium. So the umpires are set, and they're having now the traditional throwing out of the first ball, and it'll be by Dick Brown, who is uh, recuperating from surgery, the catcher for the Baltimore Orioles, and this will be taking place in just a moment. Orioles catcher Dick Brown will throw out the first ball. Very heartwarming, very, very heartwarming indeed. And now, ladies and gentlemen, set to carry along and bring you all the pulling action of this, the third game between the Baltimore Orioles as they take the field and the Los Angeles Dodgers, the veteran voice of the Los Angeles Dodgers, Ben Skelly. Thank you, Bob, and hi, everybody, and a very pleasant good day to you, wherever you may be, and to all the folks back home in Southern California, good morning. Wally Bunker slowly walking out to the mound, getting ready to warm up to Andy Etchebarren. And we'll set the birds for you defensively. Johnny Powell at first, Dave Johnson at second, Luis Aparicio at short, and the third baseman, Brooks Robinson. In the outfield, Kurt Bleffery tuning up in left. In center, Paul Blair. And in right, Frank Robinson. And for the Dodgers, it'll be Maury Wills, Wes Parker, and Willie Davis. It has come up a beauty in Baltimore, we're delighted to say. A bright, sunshiny day, a slight haze, there are no shadows, and the crowd very comfortable, jam-packed as they wait for Wally Bunker to make his first pitch. Bunker, during the course of the year, won 10 and lost 6. Oddly enough, he was not particularly effective at home. He won 3 and lost 3. On the road, he was 7 and 3. A reminder, your one United Funder Community Chest supports many health and welfare services, helping children, young people, families, the elderly, and the sick. And there are times when people need help, and they get it from the agencies supported by your United campaign. Well, these days there are more people with more problems. So when the United Funder Community Chest 5 opens in your town, give the United Way. Boy will swinging his favorite stick off to the left as he waits to call for play ball, and now he checks in to start it off against Wally Bunker. Danny Ozark coaching his first for the Dodgers. Preston Gomez over his third. The bullpens are back of the low wire fence, Baltimore in left center, and the visiting club, the Dodgers in right center. And now Wally Bunker ready to make the first pitch of the third game of the 1966 World Series. Right hand is fastball, a strike, and we're underway. 309 feet down each line, considerably smaller than the Dodgers are accustomed to, but it falls away rapidly to 360, 380, 390, and 410, a symmetrical part. Wills looking for his first hit in the series. He is 0 for 7. Robinson up inside the bag at third, Powell about even at first. Back comes Bunker's fastball for a strike. 0-2. Wally Bunker does not throw as hard as you did a couple of years ago, but it's still hard enough. He hurt his arm originally while having a great year. Last spring it bothered him, and he has never really gotten over it back to that big year. The strike two pitch on the way. Fastball, one on this strike three. 
The boy Wills goes down swinging, starting the matter, and here is Wes Parker. Parker, the switch-hitting first baseman, batting left-handed, is two for six in the series. Bunker is not considered a particularly good fielder. And the Dodgers, somewhere along the line, if they have an opportunity, will no doubt try and test him with a butt or two. Parker swings and fouls it away off to the left upstairs. 0-1 oh, the count. Bob was telling you before about the wooden bleachers in right center and left center. And we have been told that at no time were there people in there during the regular season. But, of course, it's the capacity crowd here today. Bunker into his windup, and the strike one pitch to Parker. In at the hands, on the corner, strike two. Good sinker. The first ball that Bunker delivered for a strike has been sent to Cooperstown Hall of Fame at the museum. So Wally working with a new one. Here's the strike two pitch to West Parker. Bunker delivers, breaking ball, got him looking. So after five fastballs, Wally Bunker came back with a good breaking ball to strike out Parker. Two out in the first inning, and the batter is Wally Bunker. Now here is Willie Davis. Willie Davis in the series is one for eight. Everybody watching Bunker. He started off with strikeouts to Wills and Parker. Right-handed delivers, breaking ball, hit in the air and slicing down the left field line. Referee a long way to come, and he makes the catch. Fine running catch by left fielder Kurt Leffery on a slicing fly ball in the corner. And the score at the end of half an inning. The Dodgers nothing and Baltimore coming up. I've just run out. You've just run out? I'm out of cigarettes. Well, try one of mine. Try one of yours? Sure. Try one of mine. Have a sale. So long is the best Top of the first, and Baltimore now will be set to go in what so far, of course, is a scoreless game. The two strikeouts of the three outs recorded now puts the Dodgers' strikeout total to an alarming number 20, which is something, of course, that uh, you might say is bad Dodger hitting, but then on the other side, you might very well say extremely uh, well scouted Dodger ball club being pitched to by perhaps an underrated Baltimore pitching staff thus far. Ben? Louis Tavaricio lead it off. He'll be followed by Kurt Leslie and then Frank Robinson. And Claude Osteen. 
had the pressure on his shoulders last year, but was pitching at home to salvage a big win. Now has even more pressure as he is asked to win on the road. Aparicio takes the strike, going one. Osteen is not an overpoweringly fast pitcher. He does not throw quite as hard this year as last. But he has a good fastball, a breaking ball, and a slider. And, of course, he'll try and stay right around the plate. He's a good fielder. Left-hander back with a fastball high and away. One and one. The Dodgers defensively with Claude Osteen and Johnny Roseboro. The infield of Wes Parker and Jimmy LaFever, Maury Wills and John Kennedy. The outfield of Lou Johnson, Willie Davis, and Ron Fairley. So the Dodgers down two, trying to quiet the birds here in the bottom of the first. Osteen back to the plate, one one, fastball in there, strike two, one and two. Chris Palacutis of the National League, the plate umpire, with John Rice at first of the American League, Mel Steiner at second of the National League, Cal Drummond at third of the American League, with Bill Jakowski on the left field line, National League, Nestor Shylock on the right field line, American League. One two pitch, fastball, a bouncer to the right of the fever. Jimmy on the run, up with it, and throws him out. So Aparicio rolls to second baseman Lafever. One out. Here is Kurt Blackley, who made a fine running catch of that high slicing fly ball in the left field corner. Blackley one for eight in the series. And so the two outstanding defensive plays so far in the series belong to Baltimore. The great diving one-hand catch by Russ Snyder in center. And the running catch by Bleffery today. Breaking ball is down and away. Ball one. One and oh. On deck, Frank Robinson. The infield playing Bleffery to pull. He likes to drag against left-handers, so he might try to butt on Parker. The pitch to Kurt. Breaking ball at miss. Osteen is behind two and oh. Infield swung way around to first, so Kennedy is almost in the hole at short, and the outfield around to right, with Willie Davis slightly off the mark in right center. Lou Johnson gives Bleffery all of left field, the same way Kurt was playing Willie Davis. The 2-0 pitch on the way, swung on and missed, 2-1. and one. No score, bottom of the first inning, one away, bases empty. Dodgers been out in order, Wills and Parker striking out, Willie Davis flying to Bleffery when Kurt made the fine catch. Now the 2-1 pitch on the way, fastball high, ball three. When Osteen gets in trouble... It is when he tries to aim the ball. You've seen a bowler when he delivers the ball down the lane, how he tries to give it body English. Well, when Osteen is in trouble, that's what he does, and then he becomes ineffective. The Dodgers have told him to just go out and throw as hard as he can for as long as he can. 3-1 pitch in there, strike two. Walter Olsen seated in the near corner of the Dodger dugout so that we can see his head peering out of the dugout. He's been to the wars enough times. Osteen ready in the 3-2 pitch to Bleffery. Ground ball to Parker. West up with it, goes to the bag himself. So two up and two away, and the batter will be Frank Robinson. Rowdy, who chewed up the American League, winning the Triple Crown for the first time in ten years when Mantle did it. And Robinson started off the World Series in fine style, hitting a towering home run his first trip to the plate at Dodger Stadium. Frank is three for eight, strong right-hand hitting right fielder. 
Osteen into his windup. Back to the plate and gets it on the inside corner. And that's the best fastball he's thrown so far. It had a tail on it. It ran in on the hands. 0-1. In the cleanup spot, Brooks Robinson, the third baseman. Infield the other way now on Robinson. They're swung way around the third. Fastball in the dirt. 1-1, one one, the count to Frank. Billy Hunter, who at one time, way back when, was in the Dodger organization and was sold to the St. Louis Browns, who in turn, in a way, became the Baltimore Orioles. But Billy Hunter coaching at third. Gene Whitling, Hank Bauer's teammate with the Yankees, coaching at first. Sherman Lawler, Harry Burkeen, filling out Bauer's coaching staff. Osteen ready in the 1-1 pitch. Fastball on the outside corner. Saw a textbook bit of pitching there. Fastball inside for a strike. Fastball outside for a strike. One and two. First inning, no score. Two out, bases empty. Will playing Robinson deep and in the hole. Osteen back to the plate inside and high this time. Two and two. Robbie crowds the plate more so than any other hitter in the National League, with the exception, perhaps, of Dodger Lou Johnson. Osteen back in the rubbers. Johnny Roseboro wigwagging signs out to him. Two and two the count. Fraud both feet on the rubber, looks in to get his sign as Roseboro goes on his right knee. And the 2-2 pitch is low. Ball three. So Osteen is pitching carefully. He went all the way to Bluffery, if you remember, three and two. And he has come right back three and two to Frank Robinson. Robbie pumping the wood back and forth. Osteen staring at his feet, thinking over his pitches. Now the left hand is ready, and the 3 2 pitch on the way. Fastball got him swinging, and his foul tipped out of Roseboro's net. So John unable to hold on to it, and Robbie's still there, 3 and 2. Good pitch, and Robinson was certainly not cheated on the swing. 3 and 2. Osteen again, head down, thinking, now looks into Roseboro. But 3-2 pitch on the way. Breaking ball, got him swinging this time, and down he goes. So the birds are out in order, 1-2-3, and the score at the end of the first inning. The Dodgers nothing, Baltimore nothing. Say, friends, who was pitching when Babe Ruth hit that famous home run in the 1932 World Series? You mean you can't quite remember? Well, read all about it on Paul Stamp World Series Six Pack. That's your dealer now. On each pack, a highlight of World Series history. In each pack, the choicest product of the brewer's art. If you had money piled up high, the most you took you couldn't buy. I better be the boss, yeah. I better be the boss, yeah. With safety, I'm a new satisfied. Yes, but you know that one more, that's why you couldn't buy a better beer than boss, yeah. Sure, swing for a double. Friends, pick up all staff, two packs at a time. You'll refresh more than your memory with World Series six-packs of all staff beer. Second inning, no score in the ballgame. Wally Bunker and Claude Osteen. The Dodgers now coming up will have Ron Fairley, Jimmy LaFever, and Lou Johnson. Fairley... Started one of the two games, was not in there in the opener. 
He's all for four. Fairly basically a full hitter, and that's the book on him. The infield is swung way around to first, with Johnny Powell guarding the foul line. And the outfield deep and around to right. So Fairly at the plate, and Wally Bunker, who set the Dodgers down in fine style, striking out two of three, now ready to set sail in inning number two. Second inning, no score, with Fairley opening it up. Aparicio way off to his left to fill up the middle. Powell going steady with the right field foul line, and the pitch to Fairley dipped low for one, one and oh. Bunker, primarily a low ball pitcher, the time keeps it down on the Dodgers. Boy, he made some dandies to strike out Wills and Parker. The 1-0 pitch to Ron Fairley. Fastball, low, ball two, two and oh. Baltimore really relying on the fastball ever since Mo Drabowski gave a little lesson in how to throw it at Dodger Stadium. Bunker into his windup while he's 2-0 pitch on the way. Fastball, line drive, knocks his glove off. Bunker chasing it, picks it up, but no play. So Fairley takes the glove off Bunker's hands with a solid single. So the first hit in the ballgame is literally off Bunker's, off his glove, and knocked it off. And that'll bring up Jimmy LaFever. Jimmy LaFever, the split hitting second baseman, is one for six in the series. It was a home run deep to left field while batting right-handed in the first game. Jimmy hit 24 during the course of the season and was the Dodgers' leader in home runs and in RBIs. Bunkerstadt looks at Fairley, the pitch to LaFever outside, ball one. Fairley is not a base-stealing threat, but if Wills, Parker, Willie Davis, Johnson get on base, they will definitely try to run against Bunker unless the law of the floor prohibits it. Of all of the birds, Bunker comes into this one with the reputation of not being able to hold men on. The pitch to LaFever, Slicing fly ball to left field. Lefferi hustling in and over near the line. He's there now and makes the catch. One away. And the batter, Lou Johnson. Lou is one for seven in the series. Right hand hitting left and right fielder. He plays right field against left-handers when Tommy Davis plays. Left field against right-handers when Fairley plays right. The Lou at the plate with one out. The pitch to Johnson way out in front of an off-speed pitch 0-1. Johnson, a first ball hitter, is an extremely anxious hitter. And the birds got the book on him, so the first pitch they changed out. 0-1. Johnny Powell holding the bag on Fairley. No score, second inning, one out. Bunker back to the plate. Change high again. 1-1. One Johnson has a look. The Dodgers, in this combination of Fairley out first, might very well be going to the hit-and-run play. And Lou backs out to check now with Preston Gomez. One and one. The count to Lou Johnson. Bunker to a stretch. Set at the belt. Checks and decides maybe they will go to the hit-and-run, so he'll drive Fairley back. One and one the count. Andy Etchebarren behind the plate, wigwagging signs out to Bunker. Brooks Robinson up a step near the bag of third. Bunker ready, checking. 
and Fairley does not go. And the fastball, a broken bat, and a ground ball to Aparicio to Johnson to Powell, double play. So the double play, 6-4-3, Aparicio, Johnson, Powell. No run to hit, nobody left. And so at the middle of the second inning, the score, the Dodgers nothing, Baltimore nothing. With strong hair, you get no hair, so cute. It's a handsome. Girls don't care for fat, they're so cute. It's a handsome. Two or bottles, what is got to take you? It's a handsome. Tube or bottle, to let heads up, grooms like water, only better. Won't dry up blood faster. So men, take the thing. Use heads up. Meanwhile, yelling ahead off for the home team is one great way to express yourself. Writing with a paper-made player is another. New player, the forest point pen that puts the real you on paper. Millions of tiny pores flow words smoothly. And now writing is free and easy and fun. Player writes big and bold, writes neat and fine. You know, you can get a player pen free with any pen from the paper-made profile trio. Or buy a player for just 49 cents. Either way, it's a good deal. Bottom of the second inning, no score in the ball game, and a great pitch by Wally Bunker to end the second inning. And now Baltimore coming up with Brooks Robinson, Johnny Powell, and Dave Johnson. Boy, Bunker really jammed Lou Johnson, hitting him off the fist with that, and that quick Baltimore infield turning it into a double play. Here is Brooks Robinson, right hand hitting third baseman leading off. Osteen's pitch is hit in the air to shallow left center. Willie Davis is there, just waiting. But Johnson coming over and one-hands it. Blue just took it away from Willie, stirring it off the bill of his cap. And Willie Davis and Lou Johnson have a little chat that time. And that shakes up the crowd on a fly ball to left center. Lou Johnson almost took cap and ball away from Willie Davis as he speared the ball right at the bill of Willie's cap. That shakes him up, one away. Boy, he looked like a room service waiter in a hurry, carrying that tray. Here's Johnny Powell. John, three for eight, takes a big rip and doesn't get it, on one. We're in the bottom of the second inning, that's the first out. No score. On deck, second baseman Dave Johnson. Osteen ready in the strike one pitch. Breaking ball outside. One and one. Left-handers like to keep the ball down and away from Johnny Powell because he has the tendency to give at the plate, not bail out. But that right shoulder will pull out of there a little bit against left-handers. One-one pitch on the way. Breaking ball first right. One and two. One and two to count. Osteen, feet on the rubber, now Claude ready, and the one-two pitch, breaking ball, line drive, base hit into right center. Barely over to get it. Now makes his turn and holds there as Ron gets it back in. And the batter will be Dave Johnson, the middleman on the Baltimore double play. Dave with four hits. Howell just picked up his fourth in the series. 
to the right hand hitting Johnson at the plate. One out, no score in the second. The Dodgers and the Orioles. Third game of the series. Osteen from a stretch for the first time today, and the fastball is low, ball one. Parker holding the bag on Powell, who is not a threat to run. The outfield on Johnson straight away. Dave, more so than any other member, or oh, maybe Aparicio, but outside of Aparicio, he's the man who figures to play hit and run more than anybody else because he makes contact. But basically, Baltimore goes for the beginning, the power club. One pitch outside with a fastball, ball two. Johnson had a quick look at Billy Hunter to see if they let him swing 2-0. Now Osteen on the rubber. Look over at Johnny Powell and the left-hander works the plate. Low, ball three. Three and all count to Dave Johnson with Johnny Powell at first base. Doorless in the second. Roseboro blinks his signs out, and now Osteen 3 0 pitch on the corner for a strike. 3 and 1. Now we'll see if Baltimore plays a little run and hit. The opposite of hit and run, of course, because the batter's not obligated to swing at ball four. 3 and 1, the count to Dave Johnson. Osteen says Powell does not go. Fastball swung on and missed. So we'll see if they play run and hit now on a full count. Osteen just kind of gazing out towards center field. He's a big sigh. Now caught up on top again. Lefevre up two steps. A rather shallow second base now. The runner goes, and the pitch is ground ball to Wills. He goes to Lefevre, back to Parker, double play. Even though Big Powell decked Lefevre, the Dodgers got the double play, 6-4-3. to four to three. No runs, a hit, nobody left. And at the end of two, the Dodgers nothing, Baltimore nothing. If you're a man with a collection of sports books, or if you're a lady who never even bothers to look at the sports pages, I think you'll enjoy the Joe Garagiola World Series Scorebook, now available absolutely free at your Dodge dealer. If you like to keep scores during a baseball game, there are score sheets in the book for that purpose. And if you'd like to keep score but don't know how, there are very simple, and I do mean simple, instructions. There are some laughs, some tips on things to watch for, and some records. All of which should add to your enjoyment of the 1966 World Series. For millions of Americans, the World Series is fun. And the idea of this book is very simply to add to that fun. A trip to your Dodge dealer is a good idea anytime, especially right now for a fall checkup. Get your copy of the Joe Garagiola Fun and Facts World Series Scorebook. The price of people and I both hope that it will be something you'll want to keep even after the series is over. Remember, it's free. Well, as Ben described, boy, this game getting off some sparks, some brilliant defensive plays, and some rather amazing uh, victory taking place in left field when a youngster by the name of Lou Johnson went over and snatched one right out of the way of Willie Davis and made the catch somehow or other on Brooks Robinson, as though almost uh, there was nothing to it. Then the double play ball, which, of course, is a very key factor normally for the Dodgers ball club because down through the season, they're excellent at doing that. So we move now to the top of the third. It's a scoreless ball game here's Ben. Johnny Rosebar lead it off. He'll be followed by John Kennedy and then the pitcher Claude Osteen. Wally Bunker 
gave up a base hit to Fairley, knocked his glove off in the second inning, and now Bunker ready to go to work. Roseboro waiting, and Wally's first pitch to John. Fastball over for a strike. Roseboro just looks at Pelicutis, doesn't say anything. John basically a low ball hitter. Baltimore playing him to full, deep and around towards first base goes the infield and around the right the outfield. Third inning, no score. Bunker into his windup and the strike one pitch. Third inning, no score. Bunker into his windup and the strike one pitch. Fastball over strike two. So there it is, more and more. The fastball thrown by Baltimore pitchers. It is one big reason why the Dodgers have gone down for 20 strikeouts in two games plus this one. They've been overpowered at the plate. Roseboro with a bad right wrist. He's had a lot of trouble holding on to his bat this year. The breaking ball is swung on and missed strike three. Third strikeout for Wally Bunker. One away in the third inning. And the batter, John Kennedy. Kennedy making his first appearance in the series. Right-hand batter. John played a good deal of the season until the end of August. And then in September, when Vic Schofield joined the ball club, by Kennedy, they made very rare appearances. So he hasn't played in quite a while. Takes the fastball outside, ball one. Kennedy backs out, has a look at Preston Gomez. Paul Osteen, a pretty good hitting pitcher, out on deck. Bunker comes back to the plate, 1-0. Fastball, he jammed it, and he fouled it away. Off to the right, out of play. Bunker, a good live fastball. We told you before that when Lou Johnson hit him to the double play, he hit him right on the fists with it and broke the bat, cracked it. And he come right back to Jan Kennedy. One and one to count. While he's checking into his windup, and the right-hander's one-one pitch, fastball high, ball two, two and one. The Baltimore Orioles in the first World Series game ever played in this great city. Part of his history hanging from the center field flagpole. It was the 2 1 pitch. Fastball. It on one hop. Saved by Aparicio and gets him. because Aparicio felt Kennedy would be unable to pull Wally Bunker. Was Louis able to have a play on what looked like a sure base hit? Aparicio was turned around as he speared it and was still able to throw to Powell in time. A great play by the Baltimore shortstop. Here is Osteen, takes the strike. Baltimore playing Osteen, the ultimate compliment. They play the pitcher to pull, yet they did not play Kennedy to pull. Osteen has a home run. He hit it in Atlanta against the Braves. Strike one pitch to Claude, fastball on the corner, strike two. Two down, bases empty in the third, no score. The totals are identical, no runs and one hit for each side. Two exceptional defensive plays, Fred Blefley and now Luis Deparicio. Strike two pitch, fastball fouled away, off to the left upstairs. And Osteen is still there, 0-2. Well, now, I don't know. You know, they used to tell us that Bunker threw hard before he hurt his arm. Mm -hmm. He's not exactly throwing change-ups up there. 0-2. Oh, 
Wally Ruddy and the right-hander back to the plate, way outside, all the way to the backstop. It was either going to be a change or a curveball, and he released it somewhere back of his right ear. And it landed somewhere back of home plate. And it is 58 feet from home plate to the backstop, and he hit it on the fly. One and two, the count to Claude Osteen. Bunker ready, and Wally delivers one, two. Little Hine outside with a slider that didn't break much. Two and two. Maury Wills on deck. Foul, very deep at first. Two, two pitch to Claude. Fastball got him trained. Four strikeouts for Wally Bunker. The Dodgers are out in order. And the score at the end of two and a half innings. The Dodgers nothing, Baltimore nothing. Seconds for station identification. This is KCRA AM and FM Sacramento. Before you start any concrete job around the house, do yourself a favor and call Livingston Concrete Service. Your job will go much faster and much easier. Livingston will serve you with radio dispatch trucks for immediate service. Save yourself a lot of time and effort, and so inexpensively with Livingston Concrete Service. Phone Wabash 5 8575. That's Wabash 5 8575. Livingston, concrete service. Bottom of the third, no score in the ballgame. Paul Blair, Andy Etchebarron, and Wally Bunker. Osteen ready in the fastball inside, ball one. Blair, right-hand hitting center fielder in a dandy, is 0 for 3 in the series. Osteen back to the plate, curve, whack foul, outside of third. Osteen took a lot off it, Blair was out in front. Well, this one has already shown some major league fielders down there. We've had two double plays, and outstanding individual plays by Bleffery and Aparicio. Overpowering pitching by Bunker, who has made almost every pitch a strike and a total of 28 pitches in three innings. Fastball fouled away, and the count one and two on Paul Blair. The Dodgers, meanwhile, had an eye-catching play by Lou Johnson as he ran over and took a fly ball away from Willie Davis, plus the double play when Lefevre was decked by big Johnny Powell, but as the middleman still was able to get the man at first. Blair fouls another pitch, and it's still one and two. Billy Hunter over to get it. One and two, the counts are Paul Blair. Bottom of the third, no score. 
Osteen nods yes. Left hand to Ruddy. Back he comes. Fastball. Hit in the air to center field. Willie Davis hits the glove once and makes the catch. Boy, I just wonder, huh? wonder what he was thinking about when that ball was hit. All of the Dodgers and Willie, no doubt, hoping to get that first one out of the way. Well, it's out of the way. He has his feet wet now. He can go about his business. One out, and here is catcher Andy Echebarron. Right hand hitter. Andy is one for six. It was so touching before the game to see the first string catcher, Dick Brown, who was operated on and consequently missed the season. Going out the first ball to the kid who took his place, Echebarron, who is jammed and hits one to Will. Morey up with it and across to Parker for the out. Two away. The batter now and getting an ovation as it builds as he works his way to home plate, pitcher Wally Bunker. Wally Bunker, right-hand batter. Osteen into his windup, and the fastball is strike, going one. They do not play Bunker to pull. The infield shading in towards first base. The outfield is relatively shallow and around the right. Osteen back to one. Fastball pulled to the hole at short. Wills has to go back to get it, throws, and gets him. So Bunker able to pull Osteen anyway, but Wills throws him out. Baltimore is out in order one, two, three, and at the end of three innings of play. Dodgers nothing, Baltimore nothing. Open a cool, refreshing false bath soon. Quench your thirst with the beer that's long on good taste, light on you. All staff. For over four generations, the choicest product of the brewer's eye. You Along with Ben Scully, this is Bob Prince from Baltimore at Memorial Stadium. They have just announced the attendance, the largest single crowd ever to witness a baseball game here. 54,445. Now both teams are in the position of turning their lineup over for the second time. For in the three innings, and each with the aid of a double play, nine men have gone to the plate and unsuccessfully have been able to do little enough. As Ben described, been some very spectacular fielding plays. And so they turn the Dodger order upside again, and Will Parker and Willie Davis will go to Wally Bunker. Here's Ben. All right, Bob. Morley Wills, Wes Parker, and Willie Davis in that order. Fourth inning, no score. Neither side has been able to get a man to second base. Each side with one hit. Wills struck out in the first inning. Morley is now 0 for 8 in the series. The infield looking for the bunt. Brooks Robinson is up inside the bag at third. Johnny Powell is up even at first. Bunker into his windup and the pitch to Wills. He bunts. Bunker down to get it. Picks it up and throws him out. 
As we mentioned earlier, the Dodgers figured a bunt on Bunker. Will Tyson is thrown out on the batter, Wes Parker. Parker struck out looking in the first inning at the two live fastballs. He was caught looking at a breaking ball. Parker led the Dodgers in strikeouts during the course of the regular season. And as a switch hitter is prone to strike out left-handed, more so than right-handed. Bunker's fastball is fouled back, going one. No score in the fourth. Wally Bunker and Claude Osteen. Parker waiting. Now Bunker into his windup and the strike one pitch on the way. Little slider that slipped in and over. Good pitch, 0 and 2. So Bunker, who has an awful lot of motion, set Parker up with more motion than usual and then threw the off speed slider in the count 0 and 2. Wally reading at your baron, the outfield about straight away on Parker and time called by Felicutis just as Bunker was ready to deliver the ball. It was Echebaron who asked for time, and Pelicutis who granted it. 0-2 to count. Bunker, eyes riveted on his target. Echebaron wig-wagging signs out to him, and young Wally ready. Strike two pitch to West Parker. Fastball hit into deep right center field. Chasing it is Paul Blair. It is over his head, takes one big bounce, and goes over the fence for a double. And so Parker will be sent back to second base. It hits the 15-foot gravel warning track in right center and kangarooed over the 7-foot wire fence. So Wes Parker gets the first extra base hit as he bounces a double up into the bleachers in right center field. And with one out, the batter will be Willie Davis. No runs, two hits, no errors for the Dodgers. No runs, one hit, no errors for the Orioles. We're in the fourth inning. So Willie Davis at the plate. Willie hit the slicing fly ball to left field in the first inning, you remember. And Kurt Blethery made a great running catch. Now Willie up there trying to pick up Parker. Aparicio bird-dogging West to cut down his lead. Bunker ready in the fastball, a half-swing for a strike. Willie tried to hold up but couldn't do it. Infield around towards first so that Aparicio, while playing Willie Davis, at the same time can hold Wes Parker at second base. It is his responsibility. Johnson is over near the hole on the right side. Fastball up and in to Willie to takes him out of there. One ball and one strike. Bunker reading his signs. Now Wally's set at the belt, looks back at Parker and works the plate. Outside, one-handed by Etchie Barron, ball two. Two and one. And Bunker decides he'd rather have another ball to work with and tell Akuta to The Dodgers with two hits fairly took Bunker's glove off with a line drive in the second inning. Parker has just doubled. West getting a bad break. If the ball does not bounce over the seven-foot fence, he has himself a triple. For Baltimore, Johnny Powell, a solid single to right field. All right, Bunker is ready. Look at Parker. Now the 2-1 pitch. Fastball, inside and low. Ball three. Three and one, the count to Willie. 
Ron Fairley on deck. Parker being shepherded by third base coach Preston Gomez. Aparicio shadowing down there. 3-1 pitch to Willie. Fastball hit in the air to right center field. Blair going over. He's there and makes the catch. Holding on at second is Wes Parker. So Willie Davis flies to right center to Paul Blair. And with two outs, the batter Ron Fairley. Fairley a solid single in the second inning. And of course now, Bunker has to make a decision. Does he go with strength against strength? Wally has had a good live fastball today, but Fairley is the fastball hitter, and Etchebarren out there to talk to him. Fairley hit a fastball to knock the glove off Bunker's hand the last time they tangled. Most of the time, the pitcher will go strength with strength, so that if he's going to beat him, it has to be on his best pitch. All right, Etchebarren, back of the plate. No score in the fourth inning, two outs, and Wes Parker at second base. Jimmy LaFever on deck. Bunker, right foot on the rubber. He has a rather open stance when he comes set, so that if you're a hitter, you can read Orioles on his chest. Barely fouls the first one back on the screen, on one. Instead of looking at Bunker's left side when he is set, you are looking at his chest. One reason, I believe, he sets that way is that he has trouble pitching while holding a man on and has decided to find some kind of middle ground by opening up his stretch. 0-1 the count. Bunker looks back at Parker, checks him a second time. Now works fairly, fastball low, 1-1. One one. No score, the Dodgers and Baltimore in the fourth inning with two outs. The Dodgers, no runs, two hits and no errors. The Birds, no runs, a hit, no error. And fairly trying to pick up West Parker from second base. Bunker's 1-1 one, one pitch. Breaking ball slider that stayed outside, ball two, two and one. So the Dodgers lost a possible run here in the fourth inning. As Parker's ball turns out to be a ground rule double instead of a leg triple, and then Willie Davis followed with a fly ball deep enough to normally have scored him, and it remains no score. 2-1 pitch to Fairley. Fastball that drives him back. Ball three. Monkey pitching very, very carefully to Fairley. And with first base open, it's almost an unintentional, intentional walk. They're going to give him bad balls, hoping he'll swing at it. 3-1. Ron back up to the plate. Monkey's dead. Wally checks Parker and delivers. Breaking ball is inside. Ball four. The bunker, a little bit afraid of coming in with his fastball to Fairley, off-speed breaking balls and low fastballs, and he walks in. So two out, runners at first and second, and Jimmy Lefevre, the club's leader in RBIs and home runs, checks in at the plate. Lefevre, one for seven in the series, lifted a fly ball to Kurt Bleffery back in the second inning. Bunker trying to work himself out of a jam, and the fastball is sliced foul off third, well back into the second deck, in the count on one. The paid attendance today, the largest crowd to ever see a game in Baltimore, 54,445. The proceeds a little short of a half a million dollars. The largest crowd to have seen a game prior to today here in Baltimore, a little over 52,000. 
Strike one pitch to Lefevre. Breaking ball outside. One and one. One ball and one strike. It counts to Jim Lefevre. Two out on the fourth. No score. Now Bunker set at the belt. Wally ready in the 1-1 pitch, fastball, foul tips into Etchebarron's miss. One and two. On deck, Lou Johnson. The Dodgers left four men on base against Palmer and eight men on base against McNally. Have two men on with two out here in the fourth. Bunker ready. And the one-two pitch, way outside, one-handed by Etchebarren, as again Bunker came within a few inches of throwing one away. Two and two, the count to Jim Lefebvre. Fourth inning, no score, West Parker at second, Ron Fairley at first, two outs, Bunker checking with Etchebarren. Now the right-hander ready. And the 2-2 pitch. Fastball. Pop foul. Off to the left and slicing out of play. Etchebarren comes over to take a look at that ball. It's in the lower deck. So it's still 2-2. Two two. Lou Johnson, who proclaimed to all the Dodgers on the team bus that he insisted upon working Monday, is out on deck. As the Dodgers tried to shake themselves, after having gone down rather easily to Baltimore the first two games of the series. The birds are, of course, trying to sweep it and finish it at home. Two and two to Lefebvre. Monkey ready, delivers. In the dirt, a great save by Etchebarren. A big play by Andy. He got his nose in the dirt to block that one. And Etchebarren more and more resembles a prize-winning goaltender in hockey right now. He's all over the place, behind the plate. Of course, with two out, the runners will be going. Parker from second, Fairley from first. Bunker says, checking. The runners go, and the pitch is one on this right three. strikeouts for pitcher Wally Bunker. Well, the Dodgers no runs, one hit and two left. And the score at the end of the first half of the fourth inning. The Dodgers nothing, Baltimore nothing. Right now, let's bring in umpire Nick Cohn for another story. Nick? One night in St. Louis, a pitcher known as Mazenfingers throws what appears a very wet pitch. I warn him about this, and I also mentioned he needs a shave. Golly gee, Unc, he says, while my beard is tough, my skin is tender as a maze. Marvel, I reply. What you need is the stick and brand new razor just out. The Gillette Technatic. Very sharp against the beard, but very light against the skin. It's the lightest touch of shaving. And it ends blade handling forever. Six stupid stainless steel shaving edges are curled and sealed inside a cartridge. Flip a lever and a new edge locks in place. Weeks later, I warn Marvel figures again about his wet pitch and I start with, that is a very handsome shave you got there. Why, thank you, he says. I now shave with the Gillette Technatics. One slip, and you got a sharp wedge. Yes, I reply. Just like your wet pitch. One slip, 
and you get replaced. As Ben Sully was telling you, the Dodgers are going down on those fastballs. And in the first game of this series, 12 strikeouts with Grabowski getting 11, Palmer in going 9, with six on Team. In first pitch, Aparicio is whacked into left field, and the batter will be Kurt Lefferidge. And Aparicio likes to run. Held on by Wes Parker. Of course, Lewis is not quite the runner he was back in 1959, when the Dodgers saw him in the World Series as a member of the Chicago White Sox. He stole 57 bases then. He was about 25 this year. So Aparicio, a solid single to left field. And now Chris Salakutis talking to one of the park ushers about a possible problem in center field. And now that will be relayed to the public address announcer. Kurt Bleffery, the left-hand hitting left fielder, grounded out to Parker in the first inning. West holding the bag on Aparicio. Osteen sat at the belt, looks at Lurish. Bleffery bunts up along the first baseline foul on one. We're in the bottom of the fourth inning, no score. The Dodgers, no runs, two hits, no errors. Baltimore, no runs, two hits, no errors. Parker now wants to get his sign squared away with Osteen to make sure Claude doesn't go over there when West is coming to the plate. There are some iron or steel chairs in center field. The sun is being reflected off the tops of those chairs and consequently creating a hazard for the hitters. And they are asking those chairs to be folded and put away. Strike one pitch to Bleffery, fouled off the bunt, and the count 0-2. Kurt is a pretty good bunter. The Luis Aparicio, one for two today, three for 12 in the series, standing at first base here in the fourth inning, no score. Wally Bunker muscled his way out of trouble in the fourth inning. And now Osteen working. Claude sat and delivers. Pitch over. Strike three as it foul tipped off the bat of Bleffery. He checked his swing, but the ball hit the bat and then popped into Roseboro's miss. One away. The batter, Frank Robinson. That's Osteen's second strikeout. Osteen pitching his game up to here. He is not an overpowering pitcher. Claude will not get the roars from the crowds as the strikeout man. But he just finally kind of noodles along, and he won 17 games. Here's Frank Robinson, struck out in the first inning. Right hand hitting right fielder. One out, fourth inning, no score. Aparicio at first base. Osteen decides you better drive little Louie back. Dodgers playing Robinson to full. It is only 309 feet down the line here at Baltimore. But it is a tremendous shot to hit it out of the park, and Robinson did that this year. Osteen ready in the pitch to Robbie. Hit to the fist. Down to third baseman Kennedy. To Lefebvre for one. To Parker, not in time. Aparicio took Lefebvre out on a bad throw by John Kennedy. Kennedy juggled the ball, did not have a good grip, and his throw was into the runner. So that even though there would have been plenty of time, Lefebvre had to glove the ball 
while going into Aparicio and little Louie Jackson and the throw way off the mark. So the Dodgers failed to execute on a double play ball and we'll see just how important that is. Two out. Usually the smooth fielding Kennedy, but he was handcuffed a bit on that one. Brooks Robinson, the batter, fastball is hit by Osteen, down to Wills, who kicks it, and to Lefevre in time. Wills drops the ball, but just shovels to Lefevre in time to force Robinson. And in the fourth inning for Baltimore, no runs, one hit, a man left. And the score at the end of four innings of play, the Dodgers nothing, Baltimore nothing. And now, word from someone in the stands. Here's a man in the stands wearing a baseball cap with a B on it. He looks rather dejected. What's wrong, sir? I tell you, things this ain't been the same since the Brooklyn Dodgers moved. Oh? Man, they sound all that power and speed and all this. Well, it is too bad they left Brooklyn. Too bad? Lady, it was a crime. When they started a new season, it was the biggest thing around. I'm sure. And another thing, look at that lineup they got this year. I can take Doc's power, 172, 25, 273. Those aren't very high batting averages. Bat averages, I'm talking about the power lineup for the new Dodge Dot. You know, it's a really new car in a compact field. And what I mean, all new. New roof line, new curved window glass, and inside, wow! Even the girls will flip when they see the Dodge Dart. Dodge Dart? I thought you were talking about the Brooklyn Dodgers. Really? I said Dodgers. Didn't you listen? The brother-in-law was a Brooklyn Dodge dealer. He was out of Dodge dealership on Flatbush Avenue. Oh, really? What happened to him? He moved to Queens. Well, this has been Scully, along with Bob Prince, sending you the third game of the 1966 World Series from Memorial Stadium in Baltimore. It's a dandy through four, no score. Each side with two hits, a couple of sparkling plays, and two double plays, one on each side. In the fifth inning for the Dodgers, Lou Johnson, Johnny Roseboro, and John Kennedy. If there has been a break so far, it would be the ball hit by Parker that was turned into a ground rule double play as it bounced over the right center field fence. Normally, West runs that ball out for three. But instead of scoring, he had to hold a second on the fly ball by Willie Davis. That's about the only thing that could be considered a break through four innings. The first pitch to Lou Johnson in the dirt, ball one, one and oh. Lou was jammed by Wally Bunker in the second inning, rolled one to short, it was turned into a double play. Bunker into his windup, his 1-0 pitch, fastball on the inside corner for a strike, one and one. Bunker has struck out five. He has walked one and allowed the two hits. Osteen has allowed two hits. He has two strikeouts and no walk. Johnson waiting one and one. Bunker ready. Wally back with a soft curve full foul outside of third. Karen's off the box seat and fielded down there by Bill Jakowski of the National League. Johnson, Roseborough, and Kennedy, the way the Dodgers stack up here in the fifth inning. Bunker into his windup, and Wally's one-two pitch. Breaking ball, looped into left field, charging his referee, but it'll drop in front of him for a base hit. Lou makes a huge turn, and then comes scampering back to first. Of all the Dodgers, Johnson is a razzle-dazzle runner to first base. Most runners go to first base on a single. But Johnson goes to second base on a single and is only chased back to first. Here's Johnny Roseboro. Hit number three for the Dodgers. 
and Johnny Roseboro, who struck out in the third inning at the plate. John is one for nine in the series. Bunker sat at the bell, looks at Johnson. The pitch to Roseboro popped up on the left side. It's Robinson looking at Aparicio, and now Robinson makes the catch for the out. Brooks appeared to be looking for some help and then stayed with the ball as Aparicio came over and they have a little chat right now. So Roseboro, first ball hitting pops up, one away, and here is John Kennedy. Kennedy hit a shot up the middle and it was a great play by Aparicio to take a base hit away from him back in the third inning. So John Kennedy out the plate. One out in the fifth inning, no score. You remember it was scoreless going into the fifth inning of the second game. And then Baltimore picked over three runs. The pitch to Kennedy fouled away down the right field line, slicing out of play deep into the lower deck and the count 0 and 1. Roseboro making the out in the inning, so we have one away. Kennedy at the plate. 0 and 1 to John. Bunker set at the belt and flips over to first base, driving Johnson back. Since the pitcher is due to follow, Johnson might very well try something with Kennedy at the plate here in the fifth. Bunker is set, watching lose, still checking. And the bluff's going, and the soft curve is hit up the third. Brooks Robinson to Dave Johnson, and he's submarined, and there's no play at first. Boy, you talk about taking the second baseman out. Like a shoe salesman, Johnson went right down to the toes after him. So a force play, 5-4, two out. Of course, Johnny Powell, he really took out Lefebvre back in the second inning, all legitimate plays. And Johnson now just clipping Dave Johnson down around the shoes and upending him. So with two out, it is John Kennedy at first, caught Osteen to batter. No score in the fifth inning. Bunker shot at the belt, live throw to first to drive Kennedy back. If there is any surprise at all in the game, it is the fact that what Dodger runners have been on base have not even tried to steal or run. The pitch to Osteen outside. Of course, there'd only be two of them, barely, in the second inning, and he was doubled out. And Johnson here in the fifth. And he was forced. 1-0, the count to Claude Osteen. Bunker, set, looks over at Kennedy. Now Wally to the plate. Fastball low and inside, ball two. Osteen's power, and you use the word advisedly when talking about a pitcher, but his power basically is to center field. He's not going to pull one in the corner very often, but he can hit the ball a surprisingly long distance. He had a triple this year that hit the center field fence at Dodger Stadium on the fly. That's 410 feet. And his home run in Atlanta against the Braves cleared the center field fence. Here's the 2-0 pitch to Claude. Fastball hit into left center. Bleffrey has to go back on the ball. Still going back and makes the catch for the out. Almost to the warning track. Ball was hit about 365 feet. No run to hit a man left in the score. Yet the four and a half innings, the Dodgers nothing, Baltimore nothing. 
a great new filter cigarette is born. Born with the name Camel. New Camel Filters. New Camel Filters, the one born with New Camel Filters. This is the one born rich, rich in taste, with that big camel head start on flavor. Now that great camel heritage of real taste comes to you in a great new silver cigarette. No other can compare in flavor. No other can compare in quality to new camel filters. This is the one you'll want to try. Try camel filters, the one born rich. Right now, we'll pause 30 seconds for station identification. This is your World Series station for the Valley, KCRA, AM and FM, Sacramento. Here's a point to ponder from Jim Osterby's Shell Service. Up till now, even the best premium motor oils could contribute to harmful ash buildup in your engine. But Super Shell motor oil doesn't. Super Shell produces no additive ash. So it helps your engine run more smoothly. Try Super Shell with your next oil change at Jim Hostaby's Shell Service, 9th and Q, downtown Sacramento. Through four and a half innings for the Dodgers, no runs, three hits, and no errors. They have left three. For Baltimore, no runs, two hits, no errors. They have not left the man. Now, as we go to the bottom of the fifth, no score in the ball game. For more play-by-play, the voice of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Here's Bob Prince. Thank you very much, Ben, and hello again, everybody. Boo Powell, who took a hanging curveball and rammed it into right for a base hit in the second inning, will lead it off. Powell, Dave Johnson, and Paul Blair. The outfield has now swung around to the right. They'll gap him in left center, and they've overshifted the infield considerably. Fairly buried deep in right. Osteen's first pitch to fastball. Darts in and over for a call strike. It's nothing in one. Going into the bottom of the fifth, Osteen has seen no serious run threat posed to him as yet. The 0-1 delivery is a curveball that slips and straight up high around the bill of the cap. A ball, one strike, one count. To the Dodger fans, of course, alarming that they have now gone 20 in the third innings without a score. That's the bunker. Pitch to power from Osteen, a slider for a call strike. A beauty to the outside corner, one and two. One ball, two strikes. 54,445. The largest assemblage uh, ever in Memorial Stadium in Baltimore to witness the baseball game. One ball, two strikes. Foul deep in that batter's box. Curveball hammered way into the upper deck off the left side foul. One and two. No score. We are in the bottom of the fifth. In game three of the series with the Dodgers virtually their backs to the wall. Talking to Baltimore manager Hank Bauer as to how the ball's carried here in the daytime as against tonight, he said he had little or no opportunity to make the comment because they played mostly night ball. One-two delivery, bounces into the dirt, and it's two balls, two strikes. We'll see if Roseboro attempts to keep the ball in play. He does. Lots of times when a ball is bounced into the dirt, it gets scuffed. The pitcher, if he can keep it that way, would like to. 
Two balls, two strikes, Powell leading off, no score in the bottom of the fifth. Baltimore. At bat, and of course, one of the strongest and biggest men in all of baseball, Boog Powell at the plate. Third ball, weakly tapped down the right line, going foul. That'll be fielded by Dean Woodling. Two balls, two strikes. Woodling also is the batting coach for the Baltimore Orioles. Very pleasant autumnal day here in Baltimore. A little hazy in the sky area right now, but it's what the ballplayers would refer to as a high sky. They prefer a little cloud or two up there so they can sort of judge the baseballs when they get up in the air. Two-two pitch. A curveball popped up down the right field line. Looks playable. Parker's going in foul territory. Stays with it and makes a foul ball catch about 45 feet down the line, and there's one away. Batter now is going to be Dave Johnson. You've gone into a double play in the second inning. Boog Powell having been the runner at first, and when Boog went in to take out Lefevre, it looked like a rather unequal contest. So Dave Johnson in. Score this far, Dodgers, no runs on three hits. The Orioles, no runs on two hits. Broken back, ground ball to Parker, beautifully up. On to uh, Osteen, and they execute a fine play. A broken bat, slivers of the bat going out in the infield. Parker with the magnificent hands going over to the right. The ball ran up his wrist, but he came out up with it, and Osteen covering properly. They get the out. So it's two down in the Baltimore fifth. There is no score. No question what that time. Uh, Osteen uh, sent a good sailing, a uh, sailing pitch on Davy Johnson because he hit it right on the end of the bat. Oh. Now Paul Blair is in. He's 0 for 3 in the series. 0 for 4, actually, having fly to center field in the third. Right-hand batter. The outfield swings a little bit around to the left side. Gap him in right center field. Osteen sends him a breaking ball. He hits it deep. It's way back. It's way back. It's way back. It's way back. Mark into the bleachers in left center, and the Orioles lead 1-0. The batter now is Andy Etcheberry, a fastball if it needs a call strike. So the firepower breaks loose here with two down against the pitcher who really did not surrender too many home runs, six all year. Osteen's next delivery breaks inside. That is Blair's first World Series hit and one he'll long remember. One to nothing, Baltimore. Two down, none on in the bottom of the fifth. That is their third series home run. Osteen comes back with a fastball shot down towards short. Will takes the big hop, plays it on across the first, and that'll retire the side. So the inning shows one run on the home run by Blair. And of course, the only hit of the inning. And at the end of five, four innings of play, Baltimore leads the Dodgers one to nothing. Well, the question, friends, when did Don Larson pitch his perfect World Series game? The answer? The Falstaff has the answer on special six-packs. World Series six-packs. 
on every fact, a highlight of World Series history. Get them all and be a World Series expert while enjoying the most refreshing taste in beer. If you touch my beer, I'm a Swing for a double, friends, pick them up two at a time. World Series six packs of all sales. The choicest product of the brewer's art. All Staff Brewing Company, St. Louis, Missouri. The end of five innings, Baltimore run on three hits. The Dodgers no runs on three hits. And for the third time in the three games, Baltimore getting out in front. And, of course, the Dodger attack is based on the fact that they are not in a situation where they have to hit their way back. They like to run, steal, and play hit and run. But as soon as you take the lead on them, you have already tied up some of their more formidable weapons. It is also a club, remember, that has been blanked 17 times during the regular season. And you can see Osteen's shoulders sag a bit when he realized that he, along with Koufax and Drysdale, finds himself behind in the score. And, of course, overall, the club behind in the series, two games to none. To the sixth inning, one to nothing, Baltimore. Let's get back to Bob. Bit of byplay that had the fans stirring here also, the excellent Baltimore ground crew and they, the Ricky Stick music, they just swept that infield off about as quickly as anything you've ever seen done. Here's Maury Wells now, struck out in the first inning, went out on a bunt try in the fourth, pitch of the first. The outfield puts the Richie Ashburn shift on Wills, swinging Blefferie over toward the left line, Blair well over and shallow. And Brooks Robinson is up at third. They pitch down low for the ball. They have just announced from the press box a measurement of approximately 430 feet on the home run by Powell, uh, by Paul Blair. It was tagged, no question about that. Bunker comes into Wills. He bangs right up the middle for a solid base hit. Well, he took sort of like a six-iron swing that time, went right down on a low pitch and came out with it, and in the center field he goes. You'll recall Will threw a base on balls in the first game and promptly stole second base. Now he's up there with the tying run at first base, one to nothing Baltimore, and we are in the Dodgers' race. The batter is Wes Parker, who struck out. And hit a book rule double in the fourth inning on a drive into the gap in right center that bounced off the warning track and in front of the scoreboard. Wills is measuring bunker. And there's the lob toss over, no damage. Wills will just uh, take everything he can on him. He'll work at it. Now Wes Parker steps out to ask plate umpire Chris Pellicute or something. When Wills established his great stolen base record, Bunker's checking now on Moy. Long left. Well, and he dives back in headlong, and he's really testing him. He had a tremendous man behind him in Junior Gilliam for many years. A man who could go deep in the ball and strike count, who was so adept with the bat, he could take the two strikes to begin with to give Wills his chance. And then, if he thought Wills was going to be caught, would flick a foul or get something on that uh, the bat on that ball. Parker in there. Look over the first by Bunker. 
Now it goes well, but as the ball gets down toward Brook Powell, and it's ruled what? Foul ball or fair ball? Plate umpire says a fair ball, and Wills goes into second and molested. A one-hopper down to Brook Powell. Most of his body, and there's a lot of it, was in foul territory when he accepted that chance. And the plate umpire made the call of a fair ball, and Wills now in the second. So the Dodgers get the tying run in the top of the six. Baltimore leading one and nothing. In the second base, Maury Wills, base hit in the sixth, was his first hit of the series. Now Willie Davis, who was robbed, has been described on a brilliant catch by Bluffery down the left field line. Then fly the center in the fourth. He's over two. Aparicio in behind Wills. Long fly ball into right center field. Paul Blair dropping the sunglasses, getting back on the running track. Wills is tagging. The catch is made. And Wills will just try to the third unmolested. So it's two down. And the Dodgers now get their first base run of the third. Ron Fairley. With a single taking Bunker's glove off and a walk. A little conference now at Mauricio, Bunker, and Echeverry. For the Orioles, through their five, one run on three hits and no errors. For the Dodgers, here in the, after five and two-thirds for them, no runs on four hits and no errors. Home run by Paul Blair, his first hit in the series. One, of course, he'll long remember. So Ron Fairley is the batter. The outfield swings to the right on him, wills it third. Bunker from the windup delivers, throws it low, ball one. Boog Powell is deep near the edge of the outfield grass over toward the line. Fairley is given a big gap on the shortstop side. Robinson up even with the base, but Aparicio is well over, almost uh, behind second, not quite. One ball, no strikes, the wind-up and the pitch. Little tapper out in front of the plate, coming up for it is Bunker, throws the foul, and out of him. So the inning showed, no run, one hit. No errors and one Dodger left. At the end of five and a half innings of play, Baltimore won, the Los Angeles Dodgers nothing. Say, if you own an electric razor, I want to give you fair warning. Just don't you listen to what I'm going to say. Especially if you're happy with your shaver and you want to stay happy with it. Because Gillette has some news that may make you very unhappy with your electric shaver. News about a razor blade. A new razor blade with a miracle plastic coating baked onto the edge. It's a blade invented and patented by Gillette. If you try this blade, here's what we predict will happen. One, you'll discover that this isn't just a new blade, but a whole new standard of shaving. Two, you feel how much less cold there is with that plastic coating on the edge. Three, you'll be hopelessly spoiled. Four, you may never be able to go back to your electric razor. And five, you don't know whether to thank us or write us a nasty letter. Are you game enough to give it a try? Ask for the spoiler. Alias, the Gillette Super Stainless. Well, Wally Bunker leads it off and gets a nice round of applause. He's leading in this ballgame one to nothing.
Ron Fairley appeared to be in some physical distress as he started out to right field. Could have pulled a muscle trying to beat out that infield. Tapper. Amorcine is in for a strike. There's a little off the breaking ball that time. Bunker granted a short in the third inning. That's ball low, ball on. Bill Regan and Bob Miller, two right-handers, are up for the Dodgers. Big cut by Bunker, one and two. The youngster here in Baltimore who wears in his uniform National League, he is the bat boy, who well, much younger than he is now, tragically lost both his hands in a fire and uh, uses hooks. But they say that he is a tremendous athlete of all two tactics. Thanks free is called as Osteen came right down Broadway with it. Third strikeout, the batter now is Aparicio, down in the second and single to left. This youngster, as we said, is the bat boy for the visiting team, in this case, the Dodgers and the National League. But he's very adept at football, golf, basketball, and everything. To show that the handicap that was his can be overcome. Aparicio, right-hand batter, swings and lines one out into right center, and Willie Davis runs over there, gets under without any trouble, and hauls it in, and it's still alive. Medium line drive into right center field. Baltimore leading one to nothing with... Two down in the Baltimore set. Home run by Paul Blair. A drive of over 400 feet into left center field. Blackbury is in now. He granted the first unassisted and was called out on strike. They'll play Blackbury definitely to throw. Open stance. Left hand batter. Osteen's in with his fastball at the belt for a strike call. Going one. No ball, one strike. Flight kicks high, sends a sailing pitch outside about the bill of the cap. A ball, one strike, one count. The Dodgers now have drawn 21 in the third innings without a score. So the so-called weak Baltimore pitching staff will not get any testimony about that from the Dodgers batters. A ball and two strikes. One ball, two strikes. Osteen getting the sign now from Roseboro, wasting no time, comes in with his curveball, rips to right, and a beautiful play by Parker, leaping high and spearing that one. Fine defensive play by Wes Parker on a line drive hit right over the back. So for Baltimore in the sixth, three up and three down. At the end of six innings, Baltimore won Los Angeles Dodgers nothing. This is Joe Garagiola. Your Dodge dealer has a free gift waiting for you that should make the 1966 World Series even more enjoyable. It's my World Series scorebook, which contains fun, facts, and score sheets for as many as seven games. We honestly feel that it's something different. Besides keeping score in this book, you can find out why the flags on the grandstand and the chalk on the foul line can both be important to a World Series team. You'll read about the player who publicly predicted before the series that his team would lose. And you'll also get some tips that will enable you to look ahead to how certain plays might work out. It's absolutely free as a Dodge dealer. 
all part of his service for you called customer care. It's a way of doing business that puts the customer first. Pick up a free copy of Joe Garagiola's World Series Square Book at your Dodge dealer. Then Scully along with Bob Prince from Memorial Stadium in Baltimore with the Orioles a run three hits and no errors. The Dodgers no runs four hits and no errors. And a reminder, the fourth game of the World Series will be played tomorrow here in Baltimore at 2 p.m. Warm-up time at 1.45 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Let's go to the seventh. one nothing Baltimore and back to Bob. And Jim LaFever then. He is over two. One for eight in the series. Slide to left field in the second inning. Struck out in the fourth. Regan tossing alone now in the Dodger bullpen. Wally Bunker working to switch batting with Fever, and there's a drive in the deep right, but Frank Robinson appears to have it measured. He does. Makes a just high catch on a line drive to deep right. The Dodgers have put some wood on the ball to Bunker, but haven't been able to find the hole. Here's uh, Lou Johnson now, who bounced into a double play in the second inning and looped the single in the fifth to left field. Baltimore won, the Dodgers nothing in the top half of the seventh inning of the third game of the series. Wind up the pitch. Lou Johnson takes the blow ball on. Bunker, when in the wind-up motion, will keep the ball in his glove, a la Bob Buell of the National League, who then, in his wind-up, then goes right to the ball and throws it from the stretch. He will then uh, hold the ball behind his back. Here's the 1-0 pitch. Lou chops off the left side. That ratio goes over, hits off his glove, dives in a shallow center field. Lou Johnson springs around first and then starts to go in. And as Blair falls down, he decides his big back to first base. Had he known, of course, that Blair was going to fall down, he gets into second easily. But he's not that cosmic. Stu Miller is now up for Baltimore. That is the fifth Dodger hit. Johnson is two for three. And John Roseboro the better now. John struck out and popped the third. Looked for the moment as though Aparicio would not get to the ball. When he did, he partially deflected it. Dying in shallow center, Johnson realizing he might be able to get in there. Saw Blair partially overrun the ball. And then as he started back, it was too late for him to generate steam. Roseboro, fly ball in the center. Blair coming in. Cap falls off his head, but he makes the catch. That's the main thing. So it's two down. one nothing Baltimore in the top half of the seventh inning on a home run by Paul Blair, his first hit in the series. John Kennedy, who was out on a brilliant play, has been described by Aparicio back in the third. Bounced into a force play, is 0 for 2. To be remembered that the Baltimore club led the American League teams in defensive play. They have had really outstanding defensive play in their infield is very adept, and Powell is excellent on the low throw. He can dig him out of there. Two down. John Kennedy waits. Delivered through for a strike. Ed Watt is also up. So it's Miller and Watt, and Regan alone. 
Two balls, one strike to Kennedy. Lou Johnson, who can move, is the runner at first. Parker checks him over there and throws, and Lou scrambles back in. Nothing in one. 54,445. The paid attendance here this afternoon in Baltimore. Bunker, the long look. Now to pitch. And he just missed outside with it. One and one. A good fake that time by Lou Johnson, which is the mark of a fine base runner, as though he would be going. One ball, one strike. The favor opened the inning by lining a hard drive to right that was gobbled up by Frank Robinson. Then Johnson singled. Roseboro lopped it slowly. There's a check swing catcher right back in the mound. Bunker gets another uh, Kennedy attempting to check his swing, and Johnson had a real good break on it. No runs a hit, no errors, and a man left. End of six and one half. The Orioles won the Dodgers nothing. A great new filter cigarette is born. Born with the name Camel. New Camel filters. New Camel filters, the one born rich. New Camel filters. This is the one born rich. Rich in taste. With a big Camel head start on flavor. Now that great camel heritage of real taste comes to you in a great new filtered cigarette. No other can compare in flavor. No other can compare in quality to new camel filters. This is the one you want to try. My camel filters, the one for Along with Ben Skelly, Bob Prince speaking to you from Memorial Stadium in Baltimore, where the Orioles have the lead of one and nothing in a game that uh, has had a lot of thrills, has seen some tremendous pitching, and only one breakthrough when, with two outs, Flair found a pitch to his liking and hammered it deep into left field over 400 feet, and thus the Orioles lead on their third 1966 series home run. Frank Robinson, who struck out and bounced into a force play, will lead off the Oriole 7. The outfield plays him fairly straight away, but deep. Kennedy and Wills overshifting on the shortstop side and third base side as Osteen, in what could be his last appearance, comes in with a breaking ball inside of the knees of all. Osteen is the scheduled batter in the Dodger 8. One ball, no strike. To Frank Robinson. Osteen again ready. Herky-jerky motion. There's a high boundary down toward Kennedy. Comes in one hands the ball nicely. The throw to Parker and is one away. Baltimore leading one to nothing. One out in the bottom of the seventh. Brooks Robinson, the batter. He is over two. And in the second inning, when Willie Davis was all set to camp under a fly ball and haul it in. Lou Johnson hustled right in front of him and took it right away. Similar type play, but a much shorter distance occurred when Roseboro took one off Parker in Dodger Stadium. Delivered well, Parker was perhaps the most surprised man in the ballpark. 
Brooks Robinson, a very classy fielding third baseman. One ball and no strike, son. Osteen sends him a breaking ball and picks him up on the corner for a call strike, one and one. Three hundred and nine feet down both lines, and then falls out ultimately to four ten. One ball, one strike pitch. Osteen breaking ball foul to the right out of play. He's got it right off the end of the bat, and Brooks is tapping the handle on the plate to make certain that he did not break it. A ball and two strikes. Baltimore leading one to nothing in the bottom of the seventh, one out and none on. Baltimore dugout on the third base side. A ball, two strikes. High for a ball, two two. There are some managers who like very much to change their dugouts depending on whether they have more right and left hand pitching. Or the closer they can be to their right hand pitching, they can observe much better what's going on. So you'll see some managers stay exactly on the side they want when they're at home to see their pitching. Two two deliveries, outside ball three, and Osteen is on the count full of Brooks Robinson. Baltimore one, Dodgers nothing. One out in the bottom of the seventh. In the third game, Osteen to a 3 2 count to Brooks Robinson. Now ready to go from the rocking motion, the 3 2 pitch, he walks him. Osteen issues his first three tickets. The batter now is going to be Vic Bruce Powell. We're in the bottom of the seventh, one out, one on. The Orioles, one run on three hits. The Dodgers, no runs on five hits. Regan is listening, and Bob Miller rejoins him in the Dodger bullpen in right center field. Now, Bruce Powell, who is 4 for 9, 4 for 10 in the series, 1 for 2 here today, working with Brooks Robinson, the runner at first, held by Parker. Swing and a miss, he really hammered at it. Oh, boy, he took a cut there that would have blown all the air out of any infield. Nothing in one, but he's sizable. Nothing in one to count, and the delivery hits Powell back out of play. Luke Powell, of course, has always had a weight problem and always will. Chuck Thompson, the Baltimore broadcaster, reported that some astute observer of the game of baseball said that only two things would ever lead to the downfall of Luke Powell, a knife and a fork. Nothing in two. Brooks Robinson, the runner, first on the walk. Ball hit sharply down toward the fever. Bad hop gets it out in time to Wills for one on the first base. A double play. A fine execution of the 4 6 career. And that'll retire the side. No runs, no hits, no errors, and nobody left. At the end of seven, the Baltimore Orioles won. The Los Angeles Statues nothing. Made for bowling nights and football days. Pretzel chopping and sirloin steaking. Family reunions. Friendly poisons. Made for pleasure. That's fall cap. For four generations, the choicest product of the brewer's heart. Good living. Good living. Good living. Good living.
KCRA, AM and FM, Sacramento, your World Series station for the Valley. Here's a big free offer from Ito's Shell Service. Come in for Shell Lubrication and get a free six-point car inspection. Ito's Shell will check for leaks, check the brakes, check automatic transmission, the brake fluid level, and the fan belt. This six-point Shell safety check is free with Shell Lubrication at Ito's Shell Service. 3211 Riverside Boulevard, Sacramento. As we go to the eighth inning, Tommy Davis will bat for Claude Osteen. Normally, in the course of a regular season game against a right-hander, the Dodgers use either Wes Covington or Jim Barbieri or switch-hitting Jim Gilliam. But trailing by a run with time running out, they go to the right-hander to Tommy Davis, so he will make one of his infrequent appearances against a right-hand pitcher. Now let's get over to Bob. Bob Osteen went uh, seven innings, very strong seven innings, surrendering three hits, but one of them, unfortunately for him and the Dodgers, left the ballpark. And so Baltimore leads one to nothing. Tommy Davis, who has good power, they play him uh, rather deep in left with Leffrey, and they swing now Bruce Robinson up deep and near the line. Bunker is low on a sinking pitch. He gives a little bit of a gap now in there. Stu Miller and Ed Watt are in the Baltimore bullpen. One ball, no strike. And it's ball two inside. There's no action now in the Dodger bullpen, but that would only give rise to the fact that surely Regan is ready, having been warmed up for quite a while, and Miller just joined him briefly. So the suspicion would be that it'll be Phil Regan coming on when Baltimore bats. Two balls, two balls, no strikes to pitch. Hit right up the middle for a solid base hit. He went right through the middle with it. Tommy turns around first and then comes back in. So that's the sixth hit. Surrendered by Bunker. And now, something that the Dodgers have been very adept in it all year long in catching up, and they've been trying to catch up to Baltimore in this series. They're not afraid to bunt at any time and do all sorts of things. A little Maury Wells is standing in. He's one for three. And quite capable of doing most anything he's requested to do. There's an axiom in baseball, never bunch to tie a game on the road. But then there are those who believe until you tie it, you're not able to do anything about winning it. He punted right through that one for a strike. Billy Southworth, the Boston Braves, was a great one in believing but any time you can tie up a ball game in the late stages, whether you are at home or away. No balls, one strike. Now the pitch. Punch this one beautifully down the line. Luke Powell comes up with it. His throw will be to Johnson, and he almost threw that ball into the outfield. 
Made a fine play, Mr. Johnson did, and on the sacrifice, Tommy Davis moved into second. So the Dodgers again have the opportunity to tie up this contest. They have been knocking at the door against Baltimore since the fourth inning, when Parker hit the book rule double. That bounced, unfortunately for him, up over the fence and out of play, so that he could only get two rather than three, and Willie Davis's fly ball was scoring. Then a walk to Fairley. In that inning, they had a little threat going. Another one in the fifth, another one in the sixth, when Wills got as far as third. Now they have a runner at second in Tommy Davis and one out, and the batter is Wes Parker. Called out on strikes, doubled, and down about the first. Parker takes it low, ball one. Baltimore leading one and nothing, but the Dodgers trying to come back and get even. They need the base hit of some dimension to, or distance to get it in there. One ball, no strike to Russ Parker. Bunker a long look at second. Parker lifts the foul out of play to the left. Davis, the on-deck batter. One ball, one strike. One to nothing, Baltimore. Tommy Davis now leading off second after we show in behind him. There's a changeup, and Parker got out in front of it and then beat it foul into the dirt. One and two. Parker, while at the plate, we might note, is perhaps as slick a fielding first baseman as you'll see. He has the what they would really call beautiful hands. Baseball players might not like that. The soft hands. And really make some remarkable plays. A ball and two strikes. Right now he'd like to make contact with that bat. Tommy Davis running it second and one away. Bunker delivers. He's high with it around the middle of the cap. Two balls, two strikes. Bruce Powell playing a deep first base. Top half of the eighth inning, Tommy Davis, as a pinch batter, let off with a single through the middle. And Will sacrificed him up a notch. Now the 2-2 pitch. Parker lifts a high pop in the shallow left. Robinson's going back. And Aparicio and Bleffery. And who's going to get in there? It'll be Aparicio getting the ball in between Bleffery and Robinson. And the runner, Tommy Davis, having a hold. A near collision out there as Bleffery and Robinson... Went back on it, and Aparicio somehow had squirmed in between them both to haul it in. Ben Scully, time after time in this series, Baltimore defense have kept them very much in the ballgame. I think, too, that uh, West was a little over-anxious. It appeared as if he did not have his pitch to hit. He was forced to go after that with two strikes. Remember, he had struck out. And that was a great pitch by Bunker in a tough spot. Now it's up to Willie Davis. And Willie fly to left, and he was out, robbed by a brilliant catch by Bluffery. Fly to center twice. Tommy Davis, the runner at second, Baltimore leading by a score of one to nothing. Two down in the top half of the eighth inning. Bunker surrendering six hits, but still hanging in there. Davis swings, he fouls it back. Strike one. Tommy, deep in the batter's box, doesn't say that he swings on the first pitch, is practically axiomatic. He's dead first ball swinging. No balls, one strike. Short lead at second by Tommy Davis. 
Outfield overshifted and around to the right. Bunker works. A hard chop hit off the right side. Johnson goes over, gets the ball, throws the foul. Bottom of the eighth inning, one nothing Baltimore. And now let's hear from everybody's favorite umpire, Nick Brown. I'm working behind the plate in Chicago when a certain catcher known as Hamham gets upset about my part of the ball and remarks, for a guy who cannot see across the washstand, you certainly manage a very neat shave. Why, thank you, Hamham, I say. I owe it to a brand new razor just out. But Gillette Techmatic, which ends blade handling forever, so that even a person not too gifted with sight can operate it. Six super stainless steel shaving edges are coiled and sealed inside a cartridge, like them in a camera. Each edge lasts about a week. Then, flip a lever and a fresh edge locks in place. But Gillette Techmatic is very sharp, but very, very gentle. It's the lightest touch of shaving. Um, says Ham Hands. You certainly do vouch for a Gillette Tabatic shave. Ham Hands, I reply. Pray tell who's the better judge of the close ones. And then I add, Ball Cross! For the Dodgers to get maximum use out of a pinch hitter, Tommy Davis, who batted nine, stays in the game in left field. Lou Johnson moves over to right field. Ron Fairley will now play first base. So Phil Regan, the new pitcher, will hit in West Parker's spot. The Dodgers are face-to-face -face with the haunt of 1966, the shutout. This club that set a National League record of coming into the World Series, shut out 17 times, and no National League club ever made the series blank that many times. They are face-to-face -face with that problem today as we go to the bottom of the eighth. For Wally Bunker, who has completed only three games in 24 starts this year, he is now three outs away. And the difference in the game, the home run by Paul Blair. With Bunker, it's the first time he's gone more than seven innings since June, so Wally has turned in a tremendous effort in limiting the Dodgers to six hits. Phil Regan with sliders and sinker balls. We'll be pitching to Baltimore in the bottom of the eighth. Let's go back to Bob. Another interesting aspect that Alan Roth and Jim Simpson have sent over is the fact, too, that only two World Series games have been won by a score of one nothing on home runs. Casey Stengel did it many years ago. And Tommy Henrik of the Yankees did it against the Dodgers not too long ago. So we'll see if scores to lend uh, one nothing. Regan... Sends in a fast one for a strike. Davey Johnson is over two, got it into a double play, went out first base to pitch the cover. The Dodgers' only two runs in this series have been a home run by the fever and a run produced on a bases loaded walk. Swing and a miss by Davey Johnson. They have bordered, the Dodgers have, on a breakthrough basis for about four innings now, but they just haven't been able to find the hole against Bunker. And some spectacular defensive play on the part of Baltimore. The Owen pick bounced on a comebacker to Regan. One hop, he's over to Ron Fairley, and there's one away. Here's Blair now, whose first hit in the series was a home run.
turkey jerky motion up high with the right hand batter, ball one from Regan. It appears that Hank Power will go with McNally tomorrow, and that Walter Austin will come back with Don Drysdale. One ball, no strike. Hit slowly off the right side of the diamond, charging Lefevre to throw to Ron Fairley, and there are two away. What appears without question to be the solid break in this ballgame went against the Dodgers on a ball hit by Wes Parker in the fourth. A brook rule double, hitting the warning track, on the carry, bouncing over the right center screen, holding him to second rather than allowing him to go on to third, which he could have easily made. And the fly ball by Willie Davis would have scored him with a run that would have at least kept them tied to this point in the game. Instead, they faced the bleak problem of trying to score a run in the night. A big swing by Etchebarron, strike one. Etchebarron is 0-2, twice having granted the short. The totals, the Dodgers no runs on six hits. The Orioles, one run on three hits. Two down and the Baltimore eight. Phil Regan in relief of Osteen. Swing and a foul straight back. Forward two. No balls, two strikes. Regan comes in with it, but he's a little higher this time. That's your burn taking inside. A ball and two strikes. Baltimore one. The Dodgers nothing. Bottom of the eighth, two down in the third game of the series. Regan, the big tall right-hander, comes in with one that is lined foul down the right field line and the count holding one and two. Fifty-four thousand four hundred and forty-five. Largest crowd that witnessed a baseball game in Baltimore. Big swing and a miss. Regan stuck him out. And so all the drama now is going on to get into the night. Three up and three down at the end of eight innings of play. Baltimore won. The Los Angeles Dodgers nothing. And now a word from someone in the stadium. I'm in a tunnel under the stadium, and this me is a tall, slender man in a black suit with a dark flowing cape. Sir, are you an umpire? That's close enough, my dear. Why are you up on the field? I never go to day games, only night games. I see. Do you live around here? I live in Transylvania, but I died here in my new car. See it over there? It's a 67 Dodge Coronet 500. Say, that's your an unusual color. It's special for me. It's called Blood Red. I never heard of that. Uh, tell me, how do you like the new Coronet 500? It's perfect. I like the bucket seat, the luxurious carpeting, the all-new vinyl interior. So easy to keep clean, especially in my business. It also fascinates me the way those power windows work. Mysteriously, I like that. And that big wheels engine gives me plenty of power for driving down those main arteries, if you know what I mean. Uh, yes. Well, uh, I think we better switch back to the game. As we go to the ninth inning, Baltimore won, the Dodgers nothing. A reminder, the fourth game of the World Series tomorrow at 2 p.m. Warm-up time at 1.45 Eastern Daylight Time. Baltimore making a defensive change. Russ Snyder is now in left field for Kurt Leffery. And we go to the ninth inning, Baltimore won. Los Angeles nothing, and here's five. Ron Fairley, now playing first base, will be the leadoff batter for the Dodgers. Who are trailing nothing to one. 
have not scored against Baltimore pitching in 23 in a third inning. As Bunker attempts to make his one nothing lead on the home run by Paul Blair, hold up. Wally Bunker to the windup, the pitch, and he gets it to the outside corner. Straight call. He had that one running right away from the left-hand batter. Good fastball was moving. There is a delivery that is in there for strike two. The Dodgers must be somewhat concerned about the youthful pitching. Palmer, who is yet to be 21, shutting him out six nothing, and now Bunker, who is just 21 years of age, leading one another. The ball, two strikes to Fairley. Now Ron steps out a little bit. Bunker arches his back, easing some of the tension. Luke Powell playing deep first near the line. The 0-2 delivery into the dirt lower ball, one and two. Been reported to you earlier, this was the first time Bunker's worked more than seven innings since June the 25th. A ball and two strikes. A wind-up by the right-hander, and in comes the pitch, and it's swung on the strike two. That's six strikeouts, and in the first game, McNally had one, Grabowski 11. Palmer had six in his nine, and now Bunker gets six. So 24 strikeouts have been recorded against the Dodgers by Grabowski, Palmer, and Bunker, basically. Here's Lefevre over three. One to nothing with one out in the top of the ninth, Baltimore leading. There's a hard wrap down toward second base. Johnson one hands the Baltimore fans, as you can imagine, are going wild. Witnessing thus far a tremendous pitching duel. Where Blair, not able to find a hole, found a vacuum and hit it out of here. And now you can bet that Lou Johnson will be going with all he has. He's been reduced to the big swing that he can make it. Etchebarra, now have to say something to Bunker. Russ Schneider in left, Blair in center, Frank Robinson, the right fielder. They've all swung around a little bit. Russ Robinson now guards the line, and Aparicio comes over in the hole at short. Lou Jensen. First pitch from Bunker, swinging the foul to right out of play. Now, Johnson has had two hits in four at-bats. A broken bat double play ball in the second when he was jammed nicely by Bunker. A looping single to left in the fifth, and he ran one up the middle in the seventh. Two down in the top of the ninth in game three. The Dodgers literally, they're back to the wall. No balls, one strike six. Swing and a strike two. Ball to ball one, the Dodgers nothing. Two down, none on. The batter, Lou Johnson, and in the hole, nothing in two. Bunker on the 0-2 delivery, comes in with it. There's a ball, bounce down for a short. Aparicio has it. The strong throw, they win. 
Dodgers nothing. And we'll be back in a moment with some of the highlights of today's thrilling game. A great new cigarette is born. A new filter cigarette whose very name stands for flavor. New Camel Filters. New Camel Filters, the one born rich. New Camel Filters. This is the one born rich. Rich in taste. With a big camel head start on flavor. Now that great camel heritage of real taste comes to you in a great new filter cigarette. No other can compare in flavor and quality to new camel filters. This is the one you want to try. Try camel filters, the one The total down the ball game in the first real World Series ball game where pitching was certainly the highlight. For Baltimore, one run, only three hits. And for the Dodgers, no run, six hits, and no errors. For the Dodgers, shut out again. Actually, the 18th time this year, 17 in regular play, early blanked by Jim Palmer, and now shut out again today by the right-hander who really had it, Wally Bunker. And, of course, in passing, certainly, since there was only that one home run, the only run on the board, a tremendous pitching performance by Claude Osteen. Osteen allowed only the three hits, but of course it would be lost in the shuffle as all of Baltimore and the baseball world toast Wally Bunker and the Baltimore Orioles. The time of the game, an hour and 55 minutes. For the Dodgers, if there was a play, it was their only look at the ball game. You go back to the fourth inning with one out. Parker's double, which bounced over the fence and would easily have been a triple for the fleet-footed first baseman. Not sour grapes, we pointed out for you, if you accept it, fine. If you wish to discard it, you can do that, too. But that, of course, would be the only big break in the ballgame. You know, box seats for today's game are $12, and they're worth it, because there's nothing like the excitement of a World Series. But you know, thousands of folks have seen today's game for less than 50 cents. Those are the people with Motorola Color Television. You see, Motorola Color Television costs as little as 15 cents a viewing hour. That's less than 50 cents a game, based on the price of a cable model on three-year contract. And you get the big rectangular picture pioneered by Motorola, plus solid-state reliability of 17 critical points. The top football games coming up will be telecast in color, and there'll be more than 73 hours a week. The top nighttime TV in color, too. So don't miss it. See your Motorola dealer and discover how you can enjoy color TV for as little as 15 cents a viewing hour with Motorola. Now introducing the new flight of color television. There were some great defensive plays in the ball game today. Kurt Bleffery made a dandy. Both second basemen as middlemen in double plays were hard-pressed and came up with it. Jimmy LaFever and Dave Johnson. There was another great play by shortstop Luis Aparicio and a leaping one-hand catch of a line drive by Wes Parkers. But when it all settled down, if Osteen and the Dodgers had pitched a shutout, the best they would then have had would have been even. For the Baltimore Orioles, billed as a power club, instead they have really done it on overpowering pitching. They have now shut out the Dodgers in 24 consecutive innings. And for Jim Bunning, his first shutout since June the 5th of 1965, when, oddly enough, he shut out a California ball club, the Angels, at Dodger Stadium. For Wally Bunker, his first complete game since June the 10th at Boston, 
He won 9-2, and then Bucker failed to complete his last 13 consecutive starts. But the youngster had it today, went all the way, and from the moment he struck out Maury Wells, followed by Wes Parker, he was under a full head of steam all the way. The closest to a threat in the fourth, the Dodgers had two on with two out, and Jimmy Lefevre, the club's leading home run and RBI man, struck out. They also had Wills at first base in the sixth inning. He was going as Parker rolled out to first. Morey got as far as third base, but stayed there as fairly on a half swing tapped back to the box. And the Dodgers then won fleeting flurry in the eighth inning when Tommy Davis single was sacrificed to second, but stayed there as Parker and Willie Davis popped up and grounded out. So hail to Baltimore as they win it three in a row. And it's up to the Dodgers in Baltimore now for the fourth and final game tomorrow. As a guest, in fact, it's not much of a guest. It just has to be Don Drysdale. We doubt very much that Koufax could possibly come back so soon. That decision will be left up to the quiet man from Dartown, Walter Olson. Now to wrap it up, here's Bob. Well, you know, a lot of people are spoiled when they see the tremendous pitching that uh, has been unfolded by this young Baltimore staff. 24 Dodgers striking out, 20-year-old pitcher winning one, a 21-year-old a day, and 22-year youngster. Youngest man in the World Series, other than those two pitchers hitting the home run that ultimately won it. So speaking of being spoiled, I'd like to ask you, have you ever been spoiled? And I mean really spoiled. By something that's so good, you just can't go back to the way things were before. Well, if you have, you know what a great feeling it is. But if you haven't, you're going to get a chance to find out what it's like. Well, say as early as tomorrow morning. You know how? By shaving with a Gillette Super Stainless Blade, also known as the Spoiler. The spoiler isn't just a new razor blade, it's a whole new standard of shaving. The Gillette Super Stainless has a miracle plastic coating baked onto the edge. It's a blade invented and patented by Gillette. When you shave with this new blade, you can actually feel how much less pull there is. And that's when you'll become spoiled. So completely spoiled that you'll never go back to your old way of shaving. No matter how much you liked it before, you're going to be spoiled. So after the game, why don't you go out and get yourself a spoiler? The Gillette Super Stainless Blade. You might as well start getting spoiled right away.